But right now, our records show that every 52 seconds, somebody around the world in our missions is getting saved. That's a, that's, a, that's a lousy thank you. Come on, you need to. I said somebody's life's getting saved and delivered. And, and so, see, your living is significant to God. And your giving is significant to God. So you say, why would you take time to do this? Because without that giving, that can't happen. And they're in places that we can't go on our own. Every one of you are involved in that. You, you've had involvement in that video was just taken two months ago. So those are actual pictures that are happening in those countries of Cuba. One of those was, was actually from Cuba. And, and, and you, you, you're having a part of that revival all around the world. You've built churches in places where there have never been a church. Uh, I remember the day I was in, in Tanzania, and we pulled up to a, to a village that had never heard the gospel. Unreached people group. They had never heard the name of Jesus. And, and there was a, a gentleman there. Uh, maybe some of you have heard me tell this story. There was a lion that was coming into the village, and it was killing people. It was devouring people. And, and finally, uh, one man, he was the only believer, and he had come from another village to that, to that village, and he was there, and he had enough of the lion, and he went out and killed the lion. <clears throat> and the next day, they went out to see the lion, and the lion was not a carcass of a lion. It was an old shriveled up skeleton of a man. The demon had been manifesting through the lion, and the man of God went out and killed the lion. So the whole village turned from being Muslim to turning to being Christian. Amen. And we, we went into that village. When I pulled up in that village, um, we got out, and there was a cornfield. It was the only cornfield that I saw in Africa. I'm sure there were others. It was the only one I saw. Being raised in the Illinois, Indiana area, our family has farms in, in Indiana. Some of you from Iowa, big corn. You know, not like that little stuff we have down here. Big corn. And, and when, I, when I saw that, there was, there was a man standing there, and he was the guy who killed the lion. And he said, I want to build a church right here in this field, but we, we don't own the property. And I said, well, it was in Swahili, translator. I said, well, how much is this field? He said, well, it would be 500 U.S. dollars. I said, well, I, ha I happen to have 500 cash on me. Let's buy it right now. So I bought the field, bought the field. He went running through the cornfield, yelling something in Swahili. I thought he was speaking in tongues. But I was in Swahili rejoicing. And I took a video of that, of him going through the harvest, came back to you. You gave money. We put a water well there and a church there. And today, that church has already birthed other churches in that region. And so I can go on and on about it. In other words, what I'm saying is there's eternal investments that you've made you probably will never know anything about till you get to heaven. And so when we take a missions offering like this and we do what we're doing right now, it is abundance. I believe what's going to happen in your life, in your business, and in the, life, in the ministry center here is directly related to what we do in missions. I believe that with all my heart. 
And I believe there are people listening online right now that are literally, God's going to move on you to give millions. And, I, and I'm praying for many of you that whoever has that faith to be a kingdom distributor in these end days, God's going to give you creativity and strategies, and it's going to surprise you what God's going to do through you. But you can't wait till later. You've got to start right now where you're at. So I'd like to take a missions offering today in just a moment. I'd like for everybody to give something. Now, what we need in this offering is $3,000. And I don't normally just give you, but we need the $3,000 to support all of our missionaries. And I also have a local need of, to help a family. I need $427 to help them to live for the next two weeks. And then after that, they're set up. And, and so... Um, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do that together. It's Thanksgiving season. A lot of people need help. A lot of you need help. The Spirit of God's going to help every one of us. Amen. Now, you got to shout a little louder today, all right? I've been out in the wind too much. I can't hear very well, so I don't know exactly how loud I am. But so you're going to have to be a little louder for me to hear you. So can I have an amen? amen. That's what I'm talking about right there. And so as we give today an abundance uh, I believe that, that the couple million that we need to be debt-free is right on us. It, it won't surprise me if it's today, one bit. And your business is the same way. God wants to grow your business so you can do great things in these last days. Amen. You've got everything you need. God's going to make sure you've got everything you need. But uh, uh, the Lord wants us to, to spread the gospel like we never have before. How many, come on, can I have an amen with me on this? And, and so I, I just want you to join with me right now. Um, everything you give is very, very important. So <coughs> if, it's, if you're giving $10, $50, $100, $500,000, whatever that it is, if you gave $20,000, we could use all 20 of it to missions. And so um, uh, let, let's, just, let's just be generous, like Ryan said. Let's be liberal, and let's just see what God can do, all right? Let's see what God can do in your life. Amen. Let's have a seed breakthrough out of your heart and out of your life. Let's, affect, let's get some souls from hell. What do you say? All right? I mean, let's do it right now. Let's, let's pray. As I pray, the ushers will come, and you want to go back there and give by online, whatever you want to do, you can do that. But everybody do something in this today. Heavenly Father, I just I know right now that you've called the church alive to do things beyond what we even have the means to do right now. But it's by faith. And I believe that you're multiplying it. And I believe that you're, you've brought us together for a, a specific reason. And I know that this is affecting the world. And so, Father, I pray right now, like right now as Chi Alpha is building that new, that new center on, on the campus, right there on campus, a multi-million dollar facility, and it's going to be done debt-free. I thank you for what you're doing, reaching souls right there that have literally gone around the world. I thank you for missionaries that you've raised up out of here, and I thank you that you're still calling us to go and do great and mighty things. And so today I pray that this offering will multiply by every seed that's sown. It'll multiply to the giver, and it will specifically multiply to the ministries of the church alive and to all these missions that we're connected with. We thank you for it in abundance. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's all just give God praise. Come on, would you do that with me? <clears throat> Ryan, I'd like for you to come and help me out. And, and would you bring with you um, 
Uh, I'll say a couple things. I'd like for you to get that Psalm 16 uh, out of the Passion uh, that you had the other day. And, and I, I want you to read, uh, in just a minute, I want you to read verse, uh, uh, I think it's 5, 6, and 8, if I'm not mistaken. All right, we'll come to that in just a second. <clears throat> I, I want to give you today a um, second part of the message uh, that I started uh, last week. And it was called the um, Father's Divine Hand. And, and so if you want to go back and, and listen to, to last week, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel anytime and listen to, to, the, um, <clears throat> to, to that message. And, and the message is this, is that we have a good, good Father. In other words, God is good to you. And I, and I told you about an experience that I had on the mountains of Colorado. I'm not going to go into all that. But what I do want to say to you is this, is that God's hand is on you right now. I want you to say that with me right now as a, as a declaration. Say, God's hand is on me right now. Now, <clears throat> in other words, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose. God is protecting you. God is providing for you. And God is going to prosper you. Now, when I say prosper, I don't mean he's just, you're just going to go out and get your favorite truck. I mean God's going to prosper you in your mind. God's going to prosper you in your spirit. God's going to prosper you in your health. And God is going to prosper you in all of your living. And it's going to be in an abundant fashion. Amen. The last days, the people of God are not going to be beggars. We're going to be a people of inheritance. Now, now I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about power. I'm talking about presence. Amen. You're going to have the anointing and the authority of God to annihilate the devil out of your life and to remove every spirit of darkness off of your life. Now, having said that, um, we looked last week at, at Genesis, the 50th chapter, and then we're going to quickly look at verse 19 and 20. We've got Joseph here. Uh, Joseph, his brothers have sold him, and um, uh, then he went to Potiphar's house. He got in trouble there. He went to prison. He was forgotten there. Here's what Genesis, the 50th chapter, verse 19 and 20 says. Can I have that, please? And, and um, he says, do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. Declare that with me right now. Say, I am in the place of God. Very important. You know that today. Then verse 20, here's what he said to his brothers because they had come to him and now they needed something. Joseph said to them, but as for you, you meant evil against me. When you sold me, you, you, you meant evil. The devil meant evil. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this day to save many people alive. In other words, what the enemy has used to try to destroy your life God is going to turn it around for your good. Now, I want you to watch everything that's happened in this service. There, there was a word over, over health, cancer, and other things. Sometimes the spirit of infirmity will try to destroy your life. There was given a word about a broken heart. I mean, resentment, offenses, dwelling on that, that'll make you sick right there. They'll deter you from life right there. And so the word was given that God is taking you out of that. So I, I, want, I want you to see right here that you're in the place of God. 
God has taken care of you. And everything the enemy has devised to destroy your life is not going to work because the scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If God be for me, who can be against me? What looked like is going to really be disaster in your life, God is going to turn for the good. I want you to take a moment and praise him for that right now. Come on, praise him. He's a good father. Come on, praise him. He's a good father. Now, we, we have an early morning, Tuesday morning prayer uh, group in here. We meet building hope is around 530. Around 6, we take agreement. People come and go. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's and then on Friday morning, the youth have a prayer meeting. Anybody's welcome. It's, it's in the edge in, in the youth building. And they, they, they pray at 6. Been around, I don't know, 6.45 or so. There's an agreement. And, and it just people give word from God. And on, and on Friday, Ryan read this scripture out of Psalm 16. And in Psalm 16, he read it out of the Passion. So you can jot this down and look at it a little bit later. But this is a, this is a dynamic word. It really ministered to me. And I've really hung on to it. And I think you should hear it right here. Because here's the point of the message today. Many of you in this room have felt isolated. Many of you have felt neglected. You've even possibly felt ignored by God. Some of you are wondering why, why am I still in this situation? And many of you have what I'm going to call today situation fatigue. Now let me get Arkansas language. You're just plain worn out. Come on, can I, can I have anybody with me on this? You don't, have to, you don't have to confess it to me, but you've got a situation you are simply worn out with. And the situation is wearing you out. But I'm going to tell you today, there's a turn. I think that Michael was said it, there's a shift. Amen. The, the weapon the enemy has tried to use on you, you're going to take it out of his hand and you're going to whip him with it. Are you hearing me with this? All right. But I want you to hear this verse. It's, it's, and, and there's a lot of them in there. But if you can, I think, it's, I think I chose the right ones. Chapter 16 is verse 5 and 6 and verse 8. Listen real carefully out of the Passion. Listen to this. Verse number 5 says, Lord, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you, for you have given me the best. Verse number eight. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence in every moment. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. All right, with me right now. Come on, just raise a hand, everybody. Say right now, I receive that my destiny and timing are in your hands. Come on, give him praise for that. Come on, give him praise for that. Come on, give him praise for that. Now, now then, now, now watch this. This is so good. This is so good. 
Lift up both of your hands, if you would. Say, right now, I am experiencing your wraparound presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, with your hands lifted up, give him hallelujahs on that. Come on, give him big hallelujahs on that. Hallelujah, wraparound presence. Praise God. I feel to add to that Zechariah 4, 6. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. What appears to be a setback in your life is a setup. Come on, somebody say it's a setup. I talked about angel visitation last week. How that I believe that an angel visited us on the top of the mountain in Colorado. Talked about how I felt the hand of God on my shoulders physically at a meeting. Talked about how I, in around 1977, in the middle of traffic, an angel came to me and said, it's going to be all right. You have nothing to be afraid. I want to tell you about a man in the Bible today that experienced an angel. His name is Gideon. And so let's talk about this for just a minute. In Judges, the sixth chapter, in verse 6, Judges, the sixth chapter, verse 6, excuse me, Judges 6, 11, says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tree. So the angel came to visit Gideon. Verse 12 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Praise God. I want to encourage you before we go any farther, you need to listen to how God talks to you. God doesn't condemn you. He encourages you. Lesson number one, begin to talk to yourself the same way God talks to you. That's a clinic right there. Now, there's, there's three or four things I'd like for you to get out of this morning. I want to tell them to you now. Then I'm going to read these scriptures. First thing I want you to get out of this, and I want you to get it real clearly, that God always knows where you are. You're not neglected. You're not forgotten. You're not isolated. No matter what you've done, no matter how foul that it is, nothing can separate you from the love of God. God knows exactly where you are. Second thing I want you to get out of this today is God's identification. Pay attention to who God says you are. Now don't be offended if I say to you, it really doesn't matter to me who you say that I am. My focus is on who he says that I am. You're a child of God. Come on, somebody say, I'm a child of God. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. Say, I'm forgiven. Say, I'm free. Now somebody say, I'm blessed. Come on, somebody that doesn't feel like it, say, I'm blessed. That's what God says about you. Remember, every time the devil moves his lips, he's lying. 
lied to himself, still deceiving himself. He comes to kill, to destroy you, but Jesus comes to give you life. Focus on God's identification in your life. Remember the scripture he read, your destiny and timing is in his hands, not anybody else's. Doesn't matter who you're working for right now. Third thing I want you to see is God's going to get you where he wants you to be. You say, well, where I'm at right now is not real pleasant. You hang on, child, amen, because God is going to use you where you're at to take you where he wants you to be. Come on, somebody give him a little bit of praise because God's going to take what the enemy meant for evil and he's going to turn it for good. So having those three things in mind, the angel says to him, now remember, if you really you go back and I'm, there's a lot I'm not going to read today, that his people, the Midianites, they've been, they, they, the Midianites have oppressed Israel. Gideons of Israel, they've oppressed them. And they would, you know, just, and so he was actually hiding out. And, and the, I mean, the Lord will find you. Can't hide from God. And he finds him, and the first thing he does is he tells him who he is. You mighty man of valor. Well, Gideon said to him, Gideon was quite honest. Gideon said, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Come on, can I get a witness in the house? Come on, come on, somebody want to be gut level honest? Don't look at me and just be church eyes. Come on. Why am I going through this? Well, and where are all of his miracles? which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Look at the faith of this mighty man. But God calls him a mighty man. Let me, let me give you a little tip here. It's okay to be honest. God already knows what's on your mind anyway. You're not faking God out. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? The fourth thing I'd like for you to get today is what you have right now is enough. You get started with what you've got. You don't wait for something else. I'm going to give somebody a big word right here. You don't need another confirmation. Start moving right now. You don't need another sign. I said on Wednesday night, it always baffles me how people will hear from God and then say they want a confirmation. If you heard from God, you don't need a confirmation. You need action. You need demonstration, not confirmation. The Lord tells him, I've spoken to you, and I know you feel weak. Well, just start moving even in your weakness. Because when you're weak, I'm made strong. Somebody say, I've got to start moving. Come on, that was three of you. I said, everybody say, I've got to start moving. Oh, yeah. Verse 15, so he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? <laughs> this guy is something. Indeed, my clan is the weakest. Not only am I weak, I'm of the weakest. <laughs> 
And I am the least in my father's house. In other words, I'm the runt. And you want to use me? And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you, he didn't say everybody else, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Come on, somebody say, God's with me. Come on, somebody say, God's with me. Some of you have been stalling out because you've been waiting on somebody else. My word today is to you. Don't you miss it. It's to you. There's a lot that goes on here. I'm not, I don't have time for all of it. He goes back and he does exactly what I just said. The angel visits him and tells him he's great and going to use him, and he just keeps asking for more signs and more signs. Then the Lord tells him something else to do, and he goes down, he burns an altar. He takes a little bit of action. What he's doing, he is building his faith. And he goes on and on. Then I would tell you in verse 7, what he does is he puts together an army to go against the Midianites. Now, I don't know who he called. I don't know, I don't know how that he got them. But somehow, even though he thought he was weak, somehow he was able to get together 32,000 in an army. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's some doing right there. That's some great salesmanship. I, I don't know. The anointing must have come over him, and he felt something there, and he went around telling him, you got to go with me. you got to go with me. you got to see what God is going to do. Well, here's what happens in chapter number 7. We're going to start at verse 2. And remember, he's got 32,000. Watch this. And the Lord said to Gideon, they're having great conversations, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Let me tell you something else about finances I talked about a minute ago. Let me talk to you about you, you laying hands on people and praying for people and delivering. It's not you that heals anybody. It's not you that delivers anybody. And your finances aren't going to save anybody. It's going to be by the hand of God that you get it. You're not going to get it on your own. The scripture says it is God who gives the power to get wealth. So that's the reason I can stand here and prophesy to you that God is going to minister to you. Amen. Are, are you with me on this? Because it's going to be God who's going to do it anyway. When you get it and you give it, we're not going to give you a plaque. I'm not going to put your name on a brick out here. You better get ready. I'm not going to do it. You got the wrong preacher. I'm not going to put your name on a magazine. We're just simply going to give God glory. Are you hearing me on this? We're not going to build a building out here and put somebody's name on it. You say, well, preacher, that's the reason you ain't got the money yet. No, it's going to be for God's glory. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me on this? And when we pray for people, it's not going to be, I laid my hand on somebody. We are just simply a vessel. It's for the glory of God. Somebody say, God, be glorified in my life. The minute you start thinking you're a better singer than somebody else, you better watch out. The minute you begin to think you're a better discipler than somebody else, you better watch out. Hallelujah. It's for his glory and his glory only. That was free. Well, verse 3, he said, Therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful, in other words, if you're afraid, depart at once. In other words, go home. 
You'd be surprised at the people you work with. If you just ask them if they were full of fear, how many would admit it? Well, 75% of them left. 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. He had 32,000, some of the best fighting machines he thought he could get. He, I, I guarantee he went and got the toughest. It was probably the big crybabies who went home first. 22,000 of them said, I'm not afraid to go home. I'm homesick. I want to see mama. 10,000 are left. That's what you call a good church split. The Lord said to Gideon, people are still too many. Gideon's like, what in the world? He said, bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you that will go with you. In other words, the Lord's already got a plan. Somebody say God's already got a plan. Come on, you, you don't need to be nervous. You don't need to worry about it. I, I got to figure this out. You don't have to figure it out. You're going to walk it out in faith. He said, um, here's what we're going to do. So he brought the people down, verse 5, to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog. In other words, he, he's going to come to the creek. If he gets down on his knees, puts his face in the water. If that's what he does, don't mean to be so sloppy with you. In other words, if people around you are eating sloppy, these aren't the people to be with you. Well, anyway. He says, the lapis dog, you shall apart by myself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink, and the number of those who lap, putting their hand to the mouth. In other words, those that get on their knees, lap like a dog, we're going to get rid of them. Those that put their hand down the water and still looking up, like they're alert, where what's going on, amen. Remember, we're talking about God's his, his divine hand. We don't have time to get into all that. But he said, th th those are the ones I'm going to use. Well, that's what he did. And when they got done with that, uh, it's pretty interesting here. Verse 7, and the Lord said to Gideon, there was only 300 left. 32,000. 22,000 go home. He's left with 10,000. The Lord says there's too many. 9,700 of them got down and lapped like a dog. So he sent 9,700 chihuahuas home. He's left with 300. The Lord said to Gideon, by these 300 men, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. Some of you have felt isolated because you're the only one. You're the only one left. You're the only one in your family left standing. Nobody else agrees with the faith that you're moving in right now. I'm going to tell you where two or three agree together in the name of the Lord. He's there in the midst of them. It is reported that around 500 went to the upper room to wait for the promise of God. But by the time the promise got there, baptized in the Holy Ghost, only 120 were left. Now probably those 380 had legitimate reasons why they left. But somebody decided, I'm going to put God first. Somebody decided soccer is not going to run my life. Oh, come on, let me get on it just a little bit right now. Somebody decided I'm not going to let finances run my life. You can't serve God and money. Somebody decided I'm going to put God first in my life. I'm going to hang on to God's word and what he said he's going to do in my life. And if everybody else leaves me, I'm still going to be standing. God knows how to take a little bit. It 
took a boy's lunch and made an all-you-can-eat buffet. Come on, are you with me on this? God can take just a little bit in your life. I came to tell you today what you've got in your hand is enough and God is going to use it to surprise you for his glory. God has not forgotten about you. You're always on God's mind. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Come on, let's just take a 30-second break and everybody praise him. Come on, everybody praise him. This next part gets really good. Look at this. So the people took provisions and their trumpets. I'm about out of time, so I can't go into this part. Maybe, maybe another time. But God always uses the sound of a trumpet. Yeah, the trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ are going to rise. Can I have a witness here, somebody? He says, blow the trumpet in Zion. Hallelujah. I could go on on, but God makes a sound of victory. Can I prophesy to you right now? There's going to be a sound of victory come out of your life. How many are ready for a sound of victory to come out of your life? There's going to be a shout. Hallelujah. They took their provisions and their trumpets in their hands. Look at this. They didn't, they didn't have weapons. They had trumpets. A bunch of musicians. All he had left was a band. Oh, I got so much here, but I don't have time. I'm really running out of time. All he had left was the band. But who is it that usually led, when you look in the Old Testament, it was the musicians. They were singing praises. This is going to get really good here. And so he, he, that's what they did is they had the trumpets. He sent them all the rest, the tent, 300. Verse 9, it happened all the same night. That night the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. The Lord knows he's still afraid. The Lord knows how you feel. You can sit there and say, I don't hurt, but he knows you're hurting. All right? And so he knows he's still afraid. And so he says, you go down to their camp, you sneak in there. He said, and you will hear what they say. He said, and afterward your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with his servant to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. Remember, they don't have, they don't have any weapons, but the enemy does. The Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east, were, were lying in the valley. They were as numerous as locusts. In other words, they were everywhere. You, you couldn't hardly go anywhere and not walk on them. And it says, and their camels were without number. I mean, that, that's a lot, okay. And, and as the sand by the sea, and there was a multitude. Verse 13, when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I've had a dream. To my surprise, somebody said, I'm about to surprise the devil. Come on, you're not with me. Somebody said, I'm about to surprise the devil. Oh, yeah, he, he wants you to have the mully grubs. You're about to rejoice. Somebody get ready. Somebody start revving your engine. Here we go right here. He said, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. He came to a tent and struck it so that it fell over, turned, and the tent collapsed. You mean a tent collapsed by a loaf of bread? You see, Corinthians says, 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 27 says, God's going to use the foolish saints to confound the wise so that no flesh shall glory in his presence. Mean, mean you're, you're going to fight a battle and a loaf of bread? Is going to win? Come on now. When was the last time a loaf of bread was a weapon? Oh, hallelujah. If my God be for me, then who can be against me? My God can turn a loaf of bread into a tank. Watch this. His companion answered and said, this is nothing else. His spirit knows. 
This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of the uh, uh, Joash, the man of Israel, and to his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. It was when Gideon, verse 15, I'm hurrying, heard the telling of the dream and interpretation that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the camp of Midian to his hand. Right now, even before, I would tell you, the battle's the Lord's, but the first thing for you to do is to worship. You don't need a prayer list. You don't even need a prayer partner. I'm surprising some of you right now. What you need to do, because it's going to be your victory, you need to start worshiping. Come in here and say, well, I, I, I don't know those songs. It has nothing to do with it. Out of your spirit, glorify God. Out of your spirit, give hallelujahs. You're in a situation that is more over, it's overwhelming. It, you, you can't handle it. You can't figure it out. What do you do? You worship. You worship. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to begin to warm up your worship right now because the rest of the day you're going to worship. Come on, just worship right now. Come on, say, God, I give you praise. Come on, come on, do it. God, I give you praise. Come on, God, I give you praise. Before you make that next business transaction, worship. Before you go to court, you worship. Come on, you listen online. Before you go to mediation, you worship. Before you go to work tomorrow, you worship. Are you hearing me on this? Before you go to counseling, you worship. So I'm going to take the devil on. You better worship. Come on, you better worship. Come on, I'll give you 10 more seconds. Come on, you need to worship. I'm about to end this. Come on, 10 more seconds. Worship. Come on, worship. Oh, i got to hurry here a little bit. Well, then, then what happened? Hey, I'm going to tell it to you. Verse 16, he divided the 300 men into three companies. So that would be 100 apiece. And, and here's what verse 15 says. And, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand. Can you imagine 300 trumpets? And the only weapon they had was an empty pitcher and torches inside the pitcher. So they had a light and a trumpet. Ooh, yeah. Somebody say, I've got enough. Come on, somebody say, I've got enough. And he said to them, look at me and do what I do. Amen. And he said, watch. And when you come to the edge, and he said, so when I blow this trumpet, uh, all of you with me, and you also blow the trumpets on every side the whole camp, and you say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Praise God. By now he's feeling his oats. Amen. Right now he doesn't feel the least of many. There's going to come a moment when you're going to feel the unction. When you feel that, move on it. Don't intellectualize it out. Move on it. Let God move in you in an unusual way. That's what he's going to do. The scripture says they blew the trumpets and they broke the pictures. Here's what happened in verse 20. The three companies blew the trumpets, broke the pictures. They held the torches in their hands, trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and they cried the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Look at what, verse, what happened. And every man stood in his own place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, ooh, can you hear that sound? Amen. The Lord, the Lord. Somebody say the Lord. Nobody else could do this. The Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. The enemy killed each other. I got to stop because I'm running out of time, but I just got to tell you what looks like a setback in your life is a divine setup. Some of you are going to walk away from here. You're going to be like the three Hebrew boys. Turn it up. 
If you're going to burn me, turn it up. Don't you back up. Turn it up. Some of you are going to be like Paul in the prison, and you're going to say, I know in whom I have believed, and I know my God is able. Hallelujah. Some of you may feel like Jonah today. You feel like you've been thrown overboard. You feel like you're in the dark belly of a great big fish. But let me tell you, you're just getting a free ride to Nineveh. Hallelujah. And when you get out, you need to shower and shout. Just shower and shout. Hallelujah. Someday, Otis, I'll go with you. We'll have a camp meeting. I'll preach shower and shout. I got a message there. Amen. Some of you may feel like you're in the lion's den, but I want you to hang on. Hallelujah. Because you may spend the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. I said joy comes in the morning. What the enemy meant for evil, my God, is going to turn around for your good. I got one minute. Here's what I came to say. Chapter number 8, verse 4. When Gideon came to the Jordan, he and his 300 men who were with him crossed over. Look at this. They were exhausted, but still in pursuit. I came all the way to tell you today that some of you in this room, you're exhausted. This situation has wore you out, but you're still in pursuit. Come on, some of you. I haven't seen the miracles yet, but I'm still believing my God. I don't have the money yet, but I've practiced writing out a million dollars. Come on, can I have somebody with me right now? I'm trying to figure out how to pay all these bills on my desk, but I got a word from God. Those who were with me, I can't find anymore. They defriended me on Facebook. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's okay. They were dog lappers. Yeah. Can I have a witness here, somebody? Maybe the people around you, you didn't pick. Maybe they weren't first draft material. But they were arranged by God to have a trumpet in one hand and a pitcher in another hand. All they had to do was blow in that mouthpiece and give a shout. And the enemy took care of the rest. Somebody raise your hand. Say, my God's going to take care of it. Come on, do it with some. Come on, say, my God's going to take care of it. <laughs> Woo! Look at, look at, last verse. Last verse. verse. Chapter 8, verse 10. Let's go there. The end of it says, 120,000 men who drew their sword had fallen. Gideon had 300, 120,000 were annihilated by 300. Now, I'm not an expert, but that's 400 times the 300. Anybody in this room want to receive a word that God's going to do 400 times greater in your life? Ha, ha, ha! Woo! What looked like failure... 
for the glory of God is going to be your victory. So preacher, what do you want to say to me? Are you serious about your victory? Come on, before you leave, when you get your Popeyes, listen to me. I saw a few of you, your stomach growling. I could tell. I could tell Otis getting a little hungry up here. He didn't have food like he did last week. If you're serious, is there anybody here serious? I didn't say sophisticated. I said serious. Is anybody in this room desperately serious? Then you pray until... And you praise until. Don't you, you start rejoicing today and don't you stop until. May I prophesy to you today that God's going to begin to move in these last days in unusual faith. Because he said, he said what he's going to do is eye hasn't seen, ears not heard, nor have entered the heart of any man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God's going to begin to move in your life in unusual faith. It's going to be an unusual, extraordinary faith. Amen. But you've got to decide that I will put God first. And my, like he said earlier, that wraparound presence, I will only have complete reliance in God. I have no other options. Church Alive has no other options. We just want Jesus. Come on, anybody else with me? Is there anybody in this room that will say right now with me, say, Pastor, I'm serious and I won't quit until victory. I want you to stand to your foot, feet right now. Would you do that? I'm serious and I'm not going to give up. I'm serious, but I'm not going to give up. Anybody in this room will say, I'm a little exhausted, but I'm still in pursuit. Come on, can, can you wave your hand at me right now? Come on, I'm exhausted. Come on, what do you mean you, you're exhausted with it? But I'm still in pursuit. My God is able. Can I give you one more word? You can trust God. Everybody in the room, I'm not going to count to three. I'm not going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you, everybody in this room, to say right now, Lift your hand to him, everybody in the room, and say, I put my complete trust in God. Come on, everybody in the whole room, do it. Lord, I put my complete trust in you. Come on, just stay there for a moment. Just tell him. If you've been away from God, if you tried it on your own, if you've felt ignored, neglected, any of those things right now, maybe you're coming to the Lord. You say, today I put my life in God's hands. I turn my life over to him. I repent of my ways and I come into your ways. Hallelujah. Do this with me right now one more time. Lift your hand to him and say, Holy Spirit, settle me down. Come on, just do it. Holy Spirit, settle me down and move in me in a supernatural way in Jesus' name. Reach over there and put your hand on the shoulder of someone nearest. You may be a friend, somebody you came with. I want to pray for everyone in this room right now. Heavenly Father, you brought these people together today to hear this message, to hear this word that will not return void. And I, do, I know you're doing a mighty work in everyone's life. Today may their spirit of an anointing, of an encouragement, come over every single person right now. May deliverance happen right now in the name of Jesus. May the spirit of fear be off of every life right now. Healing, 
deliverance, redemption, salvation for the soul right now out of the grip of the hand of the enemy. Spirit of darkness off of every house right now. And your light and your love is having a revival in every spirit in the name of Jesus. Now come on, let's worship. Come on, let's worship. Come on, let's worship. Come on, you're going to go to battle. Let's worship. Hallelujah. Come on, give him hallelujahs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up a voice with me and give him worship. Come on, give him hallelujah. Come on, out of your place. Give him hallelujah. 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 I love that scripture that Ryan read. It said that, I thank you, Lord, for the privileges that you've given me for following you so close. I'm going to tell you, you follow the Lord as close as you possibly can. You hang on to him. We believe in redemption. We believe in salvation. When I was a kid, I gave my life to the Lord. When I was seven years old, I remember going to a revival meeting, and, and um, it was David Grant who was actually preaching. He's a great missionary to India now. and I don't remember what he said. I just remember he was loud. And I remember going home to the parsonage. We lived two doors down from the church. I went to my mom and dad's bedroom that night. Had one of those, you've heard me tell it, one of those bedspreads. Had those little fuzzy things all over it. And I knelt there on that old wood floor. And, and I gave my life to Jesus. Worst thing I had done was slam the screen behind my mother's back but I felt like I needed Jesus. Gave my life to Jesus. and Then a few Sundays following that, my, my father baptized me right there, the old, cold, baptismal. I was so small that when he went to baptize me, my legs went up like a buoy, and I didn't go all the way under. So my dad put me under twice. That's the reason there's double anointing on my life. And today we've got a young man, Jet Baker, this guy, they, they gave him a right name because Jet is a Jet. He's something else now. We, we love him. Jet, how old is Jet? What? Seven. Seven? Well, that's a setup. And uh, <clears throat> Jet decided he wanted to be baptized today. His dad's there on our left. And, uh, of course, Miss Angela, our children's pastor, we're going to baptize Jet today. Jet realizes that this is how you follow Jesus. I told Jet earlier, Jet, you're going to be baptized today exactly like Jesus. Jesus wasn't baptized here, but he went all the way under in the water. John baptized him, immersed him. Represent the death, burial, and resurrection. When Jesus came up out, there was a manifestation of the glory of God. There's going to be anointing on Jet's life. Jet decided to follow Jesus real close. And so today we're going to celebrate in this great, great time in, in Jet's life. And I look forward to what God's going to do in his family and his life. I think it's interesting that th this year their family has had a lot of water experiences. Their family, their, their home was flooded in, in, in earlier in the year, and here Jet wants more water. Amen. And so I think that's very significant. And Miss Angela has a microphone, and you must want to say something. 
I do. Um, this is just the sweetest story. And uh, Jed, he got off the bus one day from school. And when he got in the car with his mom, he looked at his mom and he said, Mom, I want to be baptized. And that's when you know that it's something on their heart and something that they're pondering. And I, as I prepared today for this, I felt like the Lord gave me some words specifically for this family. And so I'm going to share those real quick. And, you know, just what Pastor preached today about what you thought was going to be a setback is a setup. And, you know, the scripture says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord comes in and will raise a standard against him. And, you know, we got water here, and I know y'all had water overtake your home. And water has two properties to it. It's either going to cause something to sink or it's going to cause something to rise. And so you guys have been that he has risen in you as standard there with that. And this here is a fruit of that standard that he has risen. What the enemy thought was going to overtake you is going to the very thing that has brought your family up and is going to cause you to rise and to continue to just propel you into all that he has for you. So now, Jet, as the Lord commanded, as Jesus gave the command, we now baptize you into the fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Come on, stretch your hands this way. Father, we believe in the power of your anointing. We believe the anointing is on him right now. Hallelujah. There is a supernatural visitation. There's a supernatural anointing that is on his life right now. Never again going to be the same in the name of Jesus. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. We're going to worship some. If you still want to come and spend time at the altar, I'm going to wait right down here. If you say, Pastor, I need special prayer because, yes, I felt exhausted, but I'm still in pursuit. Maybe you're giving your life to Jesus and you want me to have special prayer with you and your family. I'm going to wait right here for those who want to have special prayer. Don't forget to go out there at that table, sign up for that Thanksgiving meal. Join me Wednesday night in the fellowship hall at 630 Text somebody, email them, say, whatever you do, don't miss. Next Sunday, miracles are happening at the Church Alive. God bless every one of you. As we worship, if you want special prayer, come down here right now. Thank you for listening online.